This is Tom Harvey, the Economy Guy. Welcome to the world of macroeconomics and how it affects you. I am looking at the world's economics, trying to interpret them, and more importantly, wondering where they are going and what they are going to do to us in particular. So this is your window into that world. I don't give any personal financial advice. I just give information and facts as I see them, and occasionally my opinions. I want this to be an educational show for you, so you can learn to think for yourself and make your own great financial decisions. Please enjoy it, and welcome. It is Easter, April the 4th, and this is the Economy Guy coming to you one day late, because it's Monday. I hope everybody's having a good holiday and a very happy Easter to all of you. Got five pretty quick segments this time. I'm going to start with a, a fast market recap what happened in the markets last week. Uh, it was a short week. Uh, I only have two tidbits, so I'll throw those out pretty quickly. I'm going to talk about Harry Dent, his predictions for the future and what's changing there. The fourth area is called future technology. Probably the most interesting part of the my discussion is what's coming in the future. What's the technology you should be looking for as an investor, particularly? And last, the fifth area is our usual, the six market crash predictors, a review of those. What happened last week? Did they get worse, better, or nothing? On to segment one. And on to segment one, the recap of last week's market. Let's hit the Dow Jones 30. What happened there? It actually rose less than 100 points. Effectively, no change. That's what happened there. Went up and down and all around, but ended up where it started. Interesting. The 10-year Treasury got a slightly higher interest rate. Uh, two weeks ago, it was, ended at 1.66. Last week, it ended at 1.68. It hit over 1.7 during the week, and it got a lot of people nervous. My Review here is that, yeah, there's continues to be upward pressure on interest rates, and the 10-year is the measure of it. Oil. Oil rate went up a half of a dollar. Effectively flat. No change in oil, just like stocks. U.S. dollar. Uh, effectively flat across all currencies. A slight downward bias, but really flat. Strong dollar. Conclusion, it's a strong dollar market. And gold uh, of the same. Again, flat. No change during the week. It was $3 less, but that's, that's no change. So that is the markets. The end of the first segment and on to segment two. In segment two, this is the tidbit section. I have two little tidbits. It'll be fast. The first tidbit, uh, an important story here. The European Union is taking Poland to the highest courts in Europe because they think they're breaking the law with national laws in Poland itself, that they're violating EU laws. <coughs> and indeed they may, might be, but the story behind that story is that Poland and Hungary are both anti-EU in many, many ways. And this is the EU fighting back. So in reality, this is who has the biggest stick. Is it the EU or is it Poland? In other words, is it a nation state or is it the collection of states, the European Union. So watch the story. Uh, it will continue out here and in other ways, uh, and I'll be bringing it to you. I think it's a fascinating story. The second tidbit, 
fun, fun and exciting. There is Russian espionage in Italy. In Italy. Isn't that interesting? An Italian Navy captain has been arrested and two Russian diplomats have been kicked out of Italy and sent back to Russia. So uh, apparently there was some spying and uh, this uh, uh, Russian captain was um, selling secrets to the Russians. So the Italian Italian captain was. So uh, he got caught and uh, he does not have a big future in the Italian Navy. That's for sure. That's it for section two. Uh, and on to section three. And on to section three. This is going pretty fast, isn't it? I'm having fun. I'm going to talk about Harry Dent, his prediction. We talked about that uh, a few months ago. I thought I'd give you an update. He's had an update of his latest thing and what's changed. Most of it is the same. He's saying the market will crash. And when it crashes, it'll go down at least 50%. Uh, and that it'll be deflationary, that there's a bubble in the stocks, there's a bubble in housing, and that, uh, and that therefore, that's not good. And if you want, in, in that environment, you want to be holding money. So it's a non-inflationary, it's a deflationary uh, environment. And so you wait till uh, everything goes down, and you take your cash, and you buy good things. That, that's one possible outcome of what's coming, and the other possible outcome is inflationary, and it's that's when you don't want to be holding money. So it's this is fun for the investor. You don't know what to do, right? But one big change that Harry has made, the last time he made a prediction, he said the market crash for timing would happen by April. This time he's saying it will happen in the next two months, so two months beyond April is what he's saying. So he has moved out his prediction for it, and here's the important conclusion here. He can't predict when it's going to happen. Nobody can predict the timing of a market crash. It is like an, a random event is what it appears to, to many, many people. So uh, take anyone's uh, idea of timing with a big grain of salt. That's it for Section 3. On to Section 4. And now on to section four. Fun. What is the future of technology? Where is technology going? A better way of saying that is, what does the future hold for investors who are looking for the big killing? Right? What if you had bought Apple Computer back in the day when it was going bankrupt? What if you had bought uh, all the companies that are big now, right? All of the tech companies, Google, Facebook. How about Tesla? What if you had bought that back at the beginning, if you knew that that was the future? Well, here's the future coming at you, and it's just a matter of this. Now, listen to these. You make up your mind what industries are going to be using these, and uh, see where it goes. First one, there is a uh, creation of a single-cell protein that's being created, and it's going to be, it's created between a bat, the combination of a bacteria and natural gas. Those two combinations create this single cell protein. This protein is uh, collected in pellets and fed to fish, rather than the current method of feeding them soy. This is should be a lot healthier fish, and therefore healthier food for us. Uh, that sounds like a really good one that's coming. Now, I, I have three in a row here on energy. Energy is a big future for the United States, for the world. It's a big future. The first one, uh, hydrogen. The use of hydrogen 
is uh, will be more useful in the future than it has been in the past. Why is that? Because it's easy to make. It takes water and electricity. Put a couple of electrodes in water and you pass electricity between them and it cre you create hydrogen gas. You collect the gas and use it somehow. That's a somehow is the technology part of where you're going to make money. But creation of the gas is easy. You can do it anywhere on this globe. Water and uh, renewable, like solar-powered electricity, it's free. The power is free. It's there. The technology is there today to do this. That's great. Another one. How about that? How about um, fusion technology? That's... Uh, I won't say a hydrogen bomb, but that's what it is. How about the sun is a fusion engine? But being able to contain a continuous energy source, which is that's like the sun, whereas a hydrogen bomb is an instantaneous energy source and it dissipates. So it's not a hydrogen bomb. It's more like the sun. It's continuous. And being able to contain it in a extremely strong magnetic field, that's being worked on. It's being worked on. The first use of that could be uh, a military use, it could be uh, something to go into a uh, and power a, a, uh, an aircraft carrier and all the electric needs of an aircraft carrier forever without ever changing anything. Right now, those are nuclear. Take the nuclear stuff out. This would be smaller, lighter, and more powerful uh, if it could be made to done. They're close to that. Their goal is to make it small enough to be able to put it in an airplane and uh, to uh, run the engines of an airplane. That's ambitious, I think. Very good. A third energy source that's coming is the solar power. It's coming because with nanotechnology, you can coat existing structures and, and the nanoparticles pick up the solar energy, convert it to electricity. Now you have electricity by just spraying or painting this stuff on. Okay, it's very special nanoparticles. A new technology is not solar panels. It's different. It's a nanotechnology. A third source. Very, very interesting, fun stuff. Here's one that's fun. How about a uh, 3D printing? We always thought that would come to something, didn't we? Well, uh, right now, Harvard University is making batteries that are one millimeter wide. Teeny batteries for teeny work. Kind of interesting, isn't it? I think so. And how about just... How do you communicate with your computer today? Well, you know, you type into it and on your phone and your computer, you can talk to it and maybe it'll understand you. It's kind of crude right now. How about if you put something on your head and you just thought about what you wanted your computer to do? That's coming. Being able to control your computer with your thoughts. Your thoughts. Think about that. Think about the market for that. If it could be made to work, it doesn't exist today. Okay, it's coming. And the last one I find truly fascinating, I'm a mechanical engineer, so mechanical things fascinate me. It's something called graphene. Graphene, G-R-A-P-H-E-N-E, -E, graphene. Something new, I haven't heard that word before. It's a, a sheet of carbon particles that's one atom thick. One atom, okay? One, that would be extremely thin, extremely light, and it happens to be 200 times stronger than steel. Think about the uses that you could have for something very light, very thin, and very, very strong. Your 
I mean, it, it's hard to come up with a limited supply of uses. That There's an infinite number of uses of this. What are the technologies, what are the industries that are going to be created around this substance? Wow, I'm excited about that one. So, that's your food for thought. That's the end of Section 4. On to Section 5, our precursors of a market crash. And Section 5 is our last section and is the six precursors to a market crash. How are they doing? Are we saying a market crash is coming or not? Let's hit them one at a time. First, the 10-year Treasury bond interest rate. What we're looking for here is a rising interest rate. A rising interest rate will cause the Fed to uh, change their policy and uh, raise interest rates, and that has always caused a crash in the past. So we're looking for that. And what has happened? Well, the 10-year went up slightly to one point, roughly 1.68. A week prior to that was 1.66. A uh, week before that was 1.73. Uh, it looks like it's a good, strong interest rate market. It's still pressure to the upside. It's uh, making a lot of people nervous continuously. Uh, it's certainly, uh, the Fed is watching this extremely well. However, it is not to the point, which is well above 2%, where I get nervous. If it's 2.5%, red flag goes off for me and I say, yeah, we're at the point where uh, the, the Fed could indeed cause a market or the market just may crack by itself out of fear. So who knows? But it's not at a 2.5% level. It's 1.68. Let's wait and see what happens. On to the second precursor, the high-yield bonds. What we're looking here is the value of the high-yield bond index. We're seeing we, What we're looking for is a fall-off, a reducing uh, valuation because that is a definite precursor, like by a week of the market crashing. And what happened this last time, the value was 9.01. The week before, it was 8.97. In other words, it went up. It strengthened. It went the opposite direction of a, uh, of a precursor. So it's actually safer now. Uh, and, and that seems right. Uh, so, so be it. The third precursor we're looking at is the U.S. dollar. And the U.S. dollar is basically flat. No change at all. And it was not a precursor last week, and it's not a precursor this week. What we're looking for is a falling value of a dollar. If it goes down, then that means inflation's coming really fast uh, due to import prices going up very fast. And uh, it didn't happen. It just went flat. In fact, it's, we're in an environment of a strong dollar. And people are talking about that in the market. You'll see people talking about a strong dollar market. Fourth precursor is the... CPI, the Consumer Price Index, uh, we're looking for a, a value above 2%. Uh, the last value we had, it comes out monthly, is so it's February is 1.7. That's a whole hum. March hasn't come out yet. We expect it to be higher, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, it's a wait for that one. The fifth precursor is any change in the Fed policy would uh, cause the could easily cause a market crash. It, People are really scared. People think they understand the Fed and the Fed is controlling it and keeping everything good. Well, the, uh, they can just change their mind overnight. Uh, there are some of the Fed members on the Fed Policy Committee are, indeed, they come out and they talk publicly about, mm, they have, you know, questions in their mind. Uh, maybe it's the easiest way to say it. So, I mean, these are smart people that have been in the financial industry forever. And... Uh, and they're nervous. And they should be. They should be. 
So, and no change with the fifth one, which means no, no precursor. Sixth and last one is a bluebird. Did anything happen in the world which could have created a market crash? And the answer is no, there was not anything. It was a ho-hum, wonderful Easter. Everybody smoothly came into it. We look like the U.S. is getting stronger and stronger economically. That's uh, making it a strong stock market. Good place to be is a stock market for a while. How long in the while? It could be a real short while. It could be a longer while. But uh, it's in the environment for uh, a strong market. That's it from the economy guy. I wish everyone a happy Easter. And I look forward to coming back in a week and giving you more information. Be talking to you. Bye. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to hit that subscription button. This is Tom Harvey. I'm an investor and not a financial advisor. Nothing should be construed as advice or solicitation to make a trade in any market. And I disclaim any responsibility for any negative effect of decisions made by the listeners.